So we're going to head and get started. Uh, thanks, everybody, for joining uh, Beacon Financial Strategies Tax Planning Webinar. Um, we're very excited about this webinar as we're a tax planning um, team. You know, Aaron's a CPA, Stephanie's an enrolled agent, so it's a very important uh, topic to us. And um, to start out, we're going to go through a, key, through a few housekeeping items. Um, this webinar is designed to be informative in nature and not to recommend it a strategy or give advice. There's a Q&A box at the bottom of your screen. If you have any questions throughout the webinar, we'll be addressing questions at the end. So if you have any of that, and the host of this webinar, myself, Nick Faulkner, and then Aaron Campbell. Aaron, how are you doing today? Great. It's Monday. We're here to talk about taxes. <laughs> your favorite. My favorite subject, right? So it's I awesome. know. Um, I'm excited to be here. Are you ready to get going? Let's do it. All right. So, you know, we have a few bullet points to start out here at, you know, kind of describing our role and, and what we plan to do here. So um, we help clients understand the pros and cons of each strategy, and we'll be going through a lot today as well as recent tax changes um, to educate clients on the possibilities of different tax strategies, as well as making maximum use uh, of tax advantages where we can. Um, and to start out, uh, we're going to go through recent tax legislation where I know Aaron has spent countless hours in town halls and reading, you know, emails, newsletters, and trying to keep everyone up to date because it's been it's like a carousel, right, of, of ideas and legislation. Yeah, that's right. I think last year there were three tax laws that we uh, we went we had to go and, and figure out. And I know this whole year it's been, hey, we're, we're going to have some new tax legislation. Um, we haven't had anything really yet. There's uh, I guess there's one bill that has been passed, but um, the infrastructure bill, but that one doesn't have a lot of tax law changes. So we're waiting on kind of the Senate to vote on the last one for this year. So a lot of the recent stuff that we're talking about here, Nick, is, is stuff that uh, was kind of enacted last year, but this is stuff that's affecting affecting the 2021 tax returns. So, yeah. So, do you want to talk first about the child tax credit? Yeah. So, um, yeah, let's start out with the child tax credit and then we'll kind of go um, through there and then end with the CARES Act. Okay. So basically, the child tax credit is um, has been increased. It's for uh, for all working families, and and it's applicable for children under seventeen. Um, this is a big increase, actually, over last year, um, and it's fully refundable, which just simply means that if if you don't pay enough in taxes, then you'll you'll get a refund in addition to the taxes that they're there. Um, the big thing here is um, that the advance payments have been made throughout the, the whole year. I think they started in July and I think 50% of the credit was targeted. Um, the big thing here is, is that if you didn't get the checks and you reconcile that on your tax return, you'll get the full, the full amount back. Um, but these things are going to be hard to figure out. If you have kids, you've been getting these checks in the mail or a direct deposit into your account. Um, you'll have to make sure that you reconcile all that on the tax return. Um, and so to me, this is going to be kind of a, a hard thing to, to figure out. But anyway, um, that's kind of what that is. Um, but it's kind of it, it's, it's a large increase um, with the child tax credit. Yep, perfect. And that, you know, that's a big point for a lot of our clients. Next, you know, we're going to talk through the stimulus 
checks or economic impact payments where there's a lot of conversation around this year. Yeah, that's right. Um, if you remember last year, Nick, we got, I think there were two yeah. stimulus payments that were paid uh, for 2020. One was in uh, the springtime, March, April, May, June, somewhere in there of 2020. Yeah. The second one that was actually on the 2020 tax return was paid in January of 2021. And so a lot of people were confused. They're like, well, that that was for 2021. And it's like, no, that was really for 2020. But there is one stimulus this year for 2021 um, that that was paid, I think, in March, March, April timeframe, and it's $1,400 a person, including dependents. Um, the big thing there is if your adjusted gross income is, is teetering on the edge, say, of $80,000 for single or $160,000 for married filing jointly, you may want to think about ways to not go up over it if you didn't get your full payment. Um, because if you didn't get the payment, then you can claim it on your tax return in 2021, but um, up to the full 1400. So it, it's one of these weird things. And, and, you know, we saw it last year, but we're going to see it again on the 2021 yeah. tax returns. Um, and then the, the one I kind of wanted to just speak to real quick was just um, unemployment. So last year in 2020, uh, unemployment was paid for a lot of people, COVID and everything else. Um, but this year in 2021, there's no exclusion from income. So the first $10,200 in 2020 wasn't taxable in unemployment. And this year in 2021, it is taxable. So that's a change. And so if, if you drew unemployment in 2020, 2021, then it will be taxable. Um, and so it's just an important distinction to make there. Um, so and then I'll let yeah. you kind of take over the next thing on the CARES Act. Yeah, so thanks for covering the recent tax legislation. And the CARES Act, so this is was technically enacted in 2020, but it extends, it, it applies through, the, you know, 2021 as well. And so we're just going to go through a few bullet points. And um, so individuals who take the standard deduction can deduct charitable cash gifts. So this is important, so it's only cash gifts. That's right. Um, up to $300. Uh, if you're single or if you're married, uh, following only is 600 Yeah, and last uh, year, Nick, yeah. just to point out, it was 300 for everybody. So married yeah. couples are getting a doubled amount this year in 2021. Whole $600. So, yeah, exactly. And so, this is another one to keep um, in mind that, you know, cash is cash is key here is that individuals who itemize their deduction can deduct 100% of AGI if contributions are made in cash. And this is not normally the case, um, not even close, really. So, this is a big, it's going to be a big advantage um, for people who want to, you know, use this strategy because it's it's not going to last very long. I can, I can tell you that. And then, Lastly, corporations can deduct up to 25% of taxable income if donations, again, are made in cash. So cash, 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 it has to be cash. And so there's a lot, there's been a lot of confusion um, around that as far as charitable gifts go. And that's kind of the key distinction here in the CARES Act is that if you're, you know, donating, that it probably needs to be done in cash to get these, or it definitely needs to be done in cash to get these um yeah, taken care of. And it's not like giving, you know, away to non-cash donations, say giving away clothing or furniture or something Correct. like that isn't helpful. It's just that it's not going to qualify for these things you were just talking about. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So now that we kind of um, finished up with the recent tax legislation, we're going to go through uh, several tax planning strategies that are useful for a lot of people. And we're going to kind of hit the highlights um, of each. And then just want to make a comment as well that we're going to talk a little bit about charitable contributions. And last month we did a charitable gifting strategies webinar that's up on our website that was recorded um, that you can watch anytime you want to. 
Um, so first start out, we're going to do tax loss harvesting, um, which is simply selling investments at a loss in order to offset other investment gains. So you can take up to $3,000 in investment losses that can be taken annually to offset any other ordinary income, whether it be, um, you know, W-2, pension, you know, you can offset that income uh, only up to $3,000 though, offsetting that income. However, it can be carried forward indefinitely. Yeah. Um, One important distinction distinction here, Nick, is that um, we're talking about in a personal brokerage account. So not in an IRA, not in a Roth IRA. Um, We're talking about, you know, investment losses in, in a personal kind of an account. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Personal joint accounts, as long as it's that personal joint brokerage account, that's that's what we're talking about here. And then, you know, it's been a good good year in the market. Um, so there hasn't been that many losses to take advantage of. Um, there are some, you know, but not as much as the investment gains this year. Um, and this can be a, an effective strategy as well. Gains are always good, right? So right. Um, realizing gains, which just means selling investments that are at a gain, um, if it's not, if you don't sell it, it's just unrealized. But then when you sell it, it counts as realized gains. And then that may be effective in a year where your tax or where your income is low. Um, you know, as it, we have the numbers here where, if, you know, if your income is less than 40400 if you're single or 80800 filing jointly, your capital gains rate is zero. So, you know, let's say I have $20,000 in gains this year. Um, you know, I realized those this year in 2021, that brings my taxable income to $30,500. I'm not paying any capital gains right on that or any capital gains tax on that, which again is important because let's say next year, your, you know, income goes up to a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars You're paying, you know, tax 15% on any gains that you take from the personal or joint account. So that's, this is an effective strategy, especially when we have an up year in the market like this year. That's exactly right. And, and, you know, we look at it a little bit as resetting your tax basis, you know, on different yeah. investments. And so it's, it's a good year to do things like that. So, or to get, have money kind of set aside for, um, you know, distributions and things like that. We have a lot of retirees and that's kind of what we do there too, as well. So, okay. Exactly. Um, so yeah, next we're going to talk about charitable contributions can be an effect tax strategy. Also it helps others and it's, an awesome thing as well. And like I mentioned before, we did a whole webinar on um, charitable strategies last month. It's on our website to view as well. Yeah. And it's a, the, the, the big thing about charitable now is that if you're, we used to see a lot more of uh, the tax benefit of charitable contributions when more people were itemizing their deductions. It's just the way the tax law is now that um, we don't tend to see as many people itemizing. They're taking the standard deduction. And so if you're taking the standard deduction, it's a good time to take advantage of that $600 we talked about a minute ago, or $300 if you're single. Um, I will say that it's funny that it's easier for single tax filers to itemize their deductions. It's just their their level is lower. And so it's a little bit easier to get up over that standard deduction. Um, So it's just something I kind of point out. A lot of people say, well, how much do I have to give away for me to get a tax deduction for it? And, you know, obviously each person's a little bit different, but for single people out there, it's a little bit easier. Um, And really what we tend to talk about with charitable is trying to bunch Charitable contributions is a weird word, but basically you're trying to um, put your charitable um, giving in kind of one tax year, hopefully to itemize. And then maybe the next year you give less away um, because you're just taking the standard deduction. Um, if, if that's 
and, and, you know, that's, it's a good way to think about it or to bunch your charitable into the year where your income is really high um, to take advantage of, of that. So hopefully that makes sense. A couple of strategies that we always think about when people are looking to kind of bunch their charitable giving is one is the donor advice fund. Uh, DAF okay. is kind of the abbreviation. Yeah. Um, basically with that, we, we take the low basis investment or asset and we move it into the donor advice fund. And it's great because it gives the tax deduction um, in the year in which the contribution is made, but you can kind of spread out the giving. So you gift it to the donor advised fund, and then over a period of years, you can um, allow yourself to kind of take, take a distribution out of that account and give it directly to the charity. So it keeps you from having a situation where the charity thinks you're going to give a giant gift every year. Um, and there's other things that are good about that. And like chips, like Nick said, we went through that in the uh, chip and Nick went through that in the last webinar last month. Um, so if you're interested in that and want to know more about it, kind of check that out. Yeah. And um, we also have a um, real quick, Aaron, on yeah. donor advised funds. We also have a podcast um, on donor advised funds as well as several articles. Um, yeah. It's, it's one of the, you know, I, we look at, little side note, we look at analytics on our website sometimes and donor advised fund. I think Aaron wrote the article as one of our top, um, you know, people look at it the most out of any other article or page on our, on our website. So it's extremely popular. And that's why we've, you know, done a lot of, um, you know, reason, have, have a lot of resources around that because it, it is popular and it's, it's a great strategy as well. Yeah. That's true. Um, so the Qualified Charitable Distributions, or QCD is kind of the acronym for it. Um, this is available for people who are over 70 and a half. Um, and it's basically taking an IRA distribution and giving it directly to the charity. You can't do it prior to 70 and a half. Um, but basically, the, the whole point there is that you are uh, excluding that charitable gift, uh, the amount you give to charity from your taxes completely. Uh, you don't get a deduction for it, but it's just completely not taxable at all. Um, and it's important for people over 72. So 72 mm -hmm. is the age when you have to take money out of your IRA or 401k plan, required minimum distribution. For people over that age, it can reduce the taxable portion of your required distribution. Um, and it comes into play a lot, I think, when we think about, you know, reducing Medicare premiums or allowing tax benefits for other charitable giving and things when you're actually reducing your income. So this is just a strategy we see a lot of people use. Um, and it's important to, to talk about. So. Yeah. yeah. Another thing that we wanted to talk about, a lot of our clients know we, we kind of hammer this one home a lot is Roth conversion. So it's something that we tend to look at a lot at year end um, where we take a taxable distribution from an IRA, we pay the taxes on it, and then we put the money in a Roth IRA. And everybody's like, well, why in the heck would you want to do that? Well, getting it out of the IRA and into the Roth means that now future distributions are not subject to income tax. Also, just like an IRA, the earnings are, are tax exempt. The big thing with, with our Roth IRAs is you do not have to take a required minimum distribution annually. Okay. And so it kind of reduces that taxes. It's not just about the taxes for this year. It's about future taxes. And so we're trying to reduce future income taxes. Um, and it helps with your uh, heirs as well, because if they inherit a Roth IRA, then they're not going to have to pay income taxes on it because you've already paid the taxes on it. So it's kind of nice. Um, and so you're kind of sitting here going, well, well, how the heck do I take advantage of this or when should I take advantage of this? And that's kind of what the next uh, little part is about. Basically, we, we like to see you take advantage of a Roth conversion if you're in a low tax bracket. Maybe you retired, maybe you lost your job, maybe uh, one spouse stopped working, but the other one is still working. However, you do that and you have unused deductions. We see this a lot. Um, 
if people are itemizing, they have uh, large medical expenses or large charitable expenses, then they want to make sure that they take advantage of, of those. You know, you don't want to lose those deductions. And so we kind of are generating income, so to speak. Um, and a lot of times we look at it from an ideal perspective. It's like after you retire, but before you start taking Social Security and required minimum distributions, which Social Security could be in your 60s as late as 70, and then the required distribution is at 72. So there's kind of a sweet spot in there of when we typically like to think about Roth conversions. But but a lot of times people are like, well, I'm still working. Should I do this? And sometimes you should. Um, yeah. But but it's not always the case. A lot of times I like to do these after people retire. So. Yeah. Right. And then I guess, Nick, uh, the next little part was just about retirement plan contributions. Yeah. So, you know, maximizing retirement plan contributions is, you know, and contributions to these retirement plans are single largest tax deduction available, which is a tidbit that I didn't know until too, too long ago, because there's, I feel like there's so many deductions that you can take. And this is one that is relatively easy to, to do as well. And so for 401ks, 457 and 403b and simple IRA plans, the contribution limits are or the plan limits are increasing. And so these the contribution limits, this is just what you contribute personally to your retirement plan. This is not this is not include company matches or anything of that matter. This is just what you contribute to your plan. And if you're over age 50, if you're 50 or over, you get to contribute more. So it's 6500 more for 401k. 403B, 457, 3,000 more for a simple IRA, um, and then just $1,000 more for IRA and Roth. And the contribution limits for Roth and um, traditional IRAs are the same for 2022. And so all the numbers in this table right here are 2022 numbers. So these are updated. Um, and again, this is not um, include the company match, which I think is important to remember. Yeah. So this is a good time of year to think about increasing it for next year. Um, yeah. and so that's why we wanted to include this slide for sure. Um, to think about make, making sure you get the maximum amount. You start in January doing it. It's not as much of a, a big deal to increase it. Yeah. So moving forward, you know, when do we need to prioritize? You know, Aaron, I know you can take this because, um, but at the beginning of the year, right? Because at the end of the year, um, you know, the custodians are, are swamped with with paperwork and, you know, there's a lot of moving pieces going on at the end of the year, right? That's right. Um, and, and it's kind of a change um, for us a little bit because we've yeah. always, uh, you know, charitable giving is an easier thing. And, and I think about it, a lot of charities talk about it at the end of the year, kind of get those in before year end. But I think we all need to kind of start thinking about changing our strategy to basically be more charitably minded throughout the year, but think through some of these um, things at the beginning of the year, especially when we talk about donor advised funds, we're depending on custodians for that. Um, and they get busy at the end of the year and qualified charitable distributions. Technically, those need to come out of your IRA and your four, your IRA before, you know, the rest of your required distributions. So you just want to make sure we do it in the right order. And so we need to kind of think about doing those more at the, end, at the beginning of the year. So uh, we know it's the end of the year now. It's December, but January is going to be right around the corner. So it's the kind of thing to be thinking about for next year. Um, so some things to think about now also is is. Think about like, are there investment sales in those personal accounts, those joint accounts, things that we need to do before year end? It's something we think about for all of our clients, but um, there may be some things that, you know, you're holding on to and you're like, well, maybe I should sell it. It's at a loss or, you know, it's at a gain and I know my income is going to be low. So those things that Nick kind of talked about earlier, um, Roth conversions. Um, 
are there changes, you know, that make a Roth conversion appropriate for this year? Maybe a little too late right now in December to do this, but it's something we can think about for next year. So always kind of keeping that hat on to think about uh, what kind of changes are coming. Are you thinking about retiring or um, is your income going down such that we should take advantage of that um, maybe even in next year? And then, I mean, the big thing that we just went over, Nick, is just the change in the retirement plan contributions. I always tell people if you're contributing to a 401k, try to bump your percentage a little bit. Um, maybe you go from contributing 10% to 11%, um, things like that, but try to maximize it if you can. And those numbers are going up in 2022. So you just want to make sure that you're aware of that and, and taking advantage of that as much as you can. So. Um, that kind of is the end of what we kind of had prepared. I didn't know if there's any questions out there. Um, and so yeah, we, did you have anything? Yeah, we have a few. Um, one is uh, if I'm contributing to a Roth 401k, does that affect what I can contribute to a normal Roth IRA? Yeah, that's a great question. So a Roth 401k is similar to um, a regular 401k in that you can contribute that $20,000 yeah. uh, to it. Now it's not going to give you a tax deduction. A Roth 401k will not give you a tax right. deduction, but you will actually be contributing a lot, 20,000 or so to a Roth 401k, but you would still have the ability to contribute to a Roth IRA separate from that. So you can do both the 20,000 into the Roth 401k and the six or 7,000 into the Roth IRA as well. And so that's a, that's a very good question. Yeah, that, that's a great question because I think um, a lot of people can get confused on on that as well. So um, then we had another one and you kind of alluded to this, but is it too late to do a Roth conversion this year? Yeah, I mean, typically we could say we could try to get it in, um, but the custodians have kind of come back to us at this point, And I think they're just having staffing issues and hopefully yeah. it's a temporary thing, um, 2021, 2022 kind of thing. But I hope to not see that in the future. But typically... Um, you know, we would be able to do it in the first week or two of December. I think for this current year, it is it is probably a little too late for it just because the custodians are having staffing shortages. But um, hopefully we've executed as many as we could on our end. But yeah. Um, but yeah, it's something to think about for next year. Yeah. And I, you, you alluded to this earlier as well, but I think it's a good time. Um, it's coming up on a great time to start thinking about tax um, planning strategies at the beginning of the year because it's like you said, it's, it's, you know, there's a lot of moving parts going on at the end of the year and thinking about it at the beginning of the year is extremely important and can be beneficial because there's a lot more opportunities you have in January, February when planning right than if, you know, maybe a week or two to try to fix everything together in December. That's right. I mean, I think I think for the majority of our clients, we start thinking about uh, taxes kind of in the March, April timeframe for sure. Yeah. We run our first tax plan and then we think about it again in kind of the October, November timeframe. Are there any strategies that we can employ to, to maximize the tax benefit? That doesn't just mean reducing taxes. It can also mean taking advantage of those low tax brackets and creating income. I mean, that's what a Roth conversion is doing. Um, so it's just important to be thinking about it throughout the year. Um, but just just some like tiny little hints for the end of the year, but as we roll into the new year, just having some things kind of on your radar. Yeah, perfect. And so I think that's all the questions we have now. Um, and everyone just, you know, reach out to us if you have any questions about anything we have going on here, just call the office, shoot us an email, um, and we'd be happy to, to discuss this. And then closing, um, check out our podcast, Finance in a Flash. Um, 
Aaron Chip and I are on there most of the time. We've had some guest appearances from John and Stephanie. Um, I think it's important to highlight everyone in the office has done kind of a get to know you podcast where um, going on our personal lives a little bit, um, how we got into the industry, what we like working in, at Beacon or in the financial planning field, which is really, really cool to listen to, I think, and that a lot of our clients have enjoyed that. So, um, and then some of our latest episodes, we're doing a series right now on mid-career professionals. Um, and then we're also going to do a series on pre-retirees and retirees as well. Um, call, kind of walking through the financial planning process, right, Aaron? That's right. We, um, we love talking about financial planning, just like I like talking about taxes. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then we did an a episode on the history of Beacon Financial Strategies. I um, hosted it with Aaron and Chip and talked about how um, Beacon came about, um, what was the vision for it when it started and, and those type of things. And then um, a few more, uh, what type of investment account should I choose? We had an episode on that, which has been pretty popular. And then the inherited IRA 10-year distribution rule, which is a new rule that was um, enacted recently as well. So check that out. Um, every episode is on our website, on um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google. Um, so it's everywhere. It's a good resource and um, we're really proud of it. So um, but I think that that wraps us up as uh, the last webinar of the year. So I think we've done five this year. Yeah. Um, so and they've been fun. So everybody, thanks for joining. Um, and Aaron, if you have any closing remarks before we uh, finish I, up. Here. I think that's it. Thanks for having us, Nick. And uh, everybody have a great holiday season and we'll yeah. talk to you soon. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody. Yeah.